0: Hello, hello. (laughs) Maybe I'll try to not have vocal fry for our current events. The key is that at the end of my sentence, I have to go up. Well, obviously, this was a very eventful week politically. The Proud Boys stormed the Capitol. That was very jarring. And in response, Twitter and Facebook banned Trump from their platforms. Furthermore, Amazon and Apple suspended Parler from its web hosting service and App Store, respectively, a move to further take Trump off of a social network.
1: Our next current event is about the recent boom behind colored contact lenses in China. So in, in China, 2020 was the year of colored contact lenses. Apparently, some beauty influencers' videos have normalized wearing colored lenses. They're like an accessory, a makeup item, and a necessary everyday addition to one's personal style. Some local reports cite the growth of quote above the mask beauty products for
0: driving the category's growth. Kamala Harris is February's Vogue cover star and it's a very interesting cover. She's wearing Converse on it.
1: I know I feel like this relates to our last episode when we were talking about how political figures are becoming influencers in the fashion world. Yeah. And our last current event, our pop culture current event, is about how Keeping Up With The Kardashians recently filmed their last episode as featured on Kylie Jenner's Instagram. In addition, sadly, Kim and Kanye have been reported
0: To be filing for divorce. Today, we have a very special guest, Nethmi Nawaratha. She is a second year at Monash University, getting a bachelor's of law and science, and she is also a host of the podcast Culture Critic, which has a lot of very interesting hot takes in the pop culture space. Yes. So,
1: recently, we were welcomed onto her podcast and discussed some gender roles within the fashion industry, and then we started with discussing Harry Styles Vogue cover. Quite an interesting conversation. Check it out if you'd like to hear more. But today we would like to discuss a little bit of gender roles and the differences between the American society and Australian society since you come from Australia. So I guess like when you first think of gender roles what does that really mean to you?
2: I think gender roles it's integrated it affects like every aspect of life and it's interesting because when you like initially ask me that question in my head I'm like oh it's not something that really comes to mind it's not something that I really think about but upon critical analysis you realize it really does um, pervade into every aspect of life just like socially but also you see it in pop culture and media and you see it in the workplace um yeah for sure But I also think it's interesting to look at the ways in which um, the cultural element and where you live and your nationality, how that also affects um, gender roles as well. Because I know as a South Asian, that has significant impact on the way in which I view gender as opposed to perhaps those of a different ethnicity.
0: It's interesting that in Australia and the UK, I feel like when people say Asian, they generally think of South Asian. But in the United States, when people say Asian, they generally think of Eastern Asian.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's really, I don't know, I would agree. But I also think there is a level of that in Australia as well. And like, it's funny because we use the word Asian to generalize Asians, but then we still forget a huge... um, (laughs) like aspect of the asian community which is just so funny to me like we're doing racism wrong but we're generalizing badly in a way do you get what i'm saying yeah
1: yeah so you mentioned that your south asian background sort of influences your perspective on gender roles do you mind explaining a little bit more about that
2: yeah for sure so like um my parents are first generation immigrants so they came both my parents were in Sri Lanka and then they migrated here For work, and it's interesting to look at the divide between my parents' generation and my own generation in terms of, you know, back in um, certain Eastern countries, there's more traditional gender roles, and those are gender roles that my parents' generation were the first to kind of really break out of in the sense of like my mother. Being able to study and pursue her own career and come to another foreign country like that's something very new for her and um her and like her community in general like I think it's like the really the first generation where women have had the ability to do that, um, but still uh, I feel like regressive is not the right word but there's a more traditional gender role there in terms of stereotypes who does the cooking who does the cleaning uh, who takes care of the house who's the primary um who's the primary money maker things like that. And it's funny because when we migrated here, our parents obviously have had to adapt to like the Western way of viewing gender roles and a more of a blur between um, what men do and what women do, which is like a very binary way of thinking. But they've had to kind of change their mindset. And we've grown up with this new, more modern mindset where gender roles are more blurred. But it's interesting to somehow like call out your parents on kind of more traditional gender roles. So like, for example, sometimes my mum will be like, wow, like, you know, you're growing up and you're a woman, like, why don't you know how to cook? And then I'll just call out my mum and I'll be like, but why does it matter that I'm a woman and I don't know how to cook? You know what I mean? Like little things like that that they kind of fall back into the trap one.
1: Do you think having that South Asian background has impacted the way that you consume media and content in general? Like, Were your parents ever specific about what you were allowed to watch or read and <laughs> stuff like that?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, maybe not so much anymore because I don't think they have the authority to do that, but definitely when I was a kid, <laughs> and I think a lot of like South Asians can relate to this in terms of... A lot of monitoring on what we can and can't consume. I remember, like, my parents thought The Simpsons, I don't know if, do you guys have The Simpsons in America? Is that, like, my parents thought that was, like, the worst thing ever and, like, because they thought that they were, I don't know, vulgar inappropriate or something.
1: Like, when my family first moved to North America, for us, at the age that we were at, it was SpongeBob. My family just couldn't understand why it was so popular and it was a children's TV show because just the way that the characters are portrayed, like, they're isn't anything that's particularly I guess the best way to put it is like proper <laughs> but no. it's indeed very American. <laughs> yeah
2: there was like a weird like not taboo it was just I never understood the mindset especially since they're like cartoons I couldn't fathom why we weren't allowed to watch it.
0: Yeah mm-hmm. so did you find that you grew up with a certain predisposition to certain cultures I guess or an assumptions about different cultures and specifically American pop culture
2: maybe not because I did come here when I was very young like I don't think I lived in um, Sri Lanka and before I actually lived in Japan like that's where I was Mm. born so I didn't come here with like a very like ingrained mindset of what I deemed western culture to be I think a lot of my frustration and a lot of my predisposition came towards seeing how like eastern and like southeastern culture was portrayed in the western media and looking at like how our representation was very it was lacking and when it did exist it was very stereotypical and not necessarily an accurate representation.
1: Would you say there is a difference between American and Australian content that either you consumed while growing up?
2: Yeah I mean it's interesting because like when I asked you, do they have like the Simpsons and stuff in America? Um, I think that speaks to the fact that often I'm unaware of like the the difference between American media and like Australian media because so much of it is intertwined and a lot of the media we consume in Australia is like American TV shows and movies etc. That being said, for sure there's a difference. I think a lot of our reality tv is very different to america and a lot of our franchises are like adaptations of american franchises or british franchises a lot of our like soap soap operas and like tv dramas they're all very uh, how do i put this they they seem very um homegrown i don't know if that's the right word it's very low budget recycled actors like if there's an australian actor you know that they are in every single australian soap opera that there is um it's very white compared to like american media
1: is there a lot of content around the aboriginal populations there
2: to be honest not when we were growing up for sure i think there was there was actually one tv show We had like this TV channel called like ABC3 and that was like the pinnacle of like kids to young teens, like our um, TV shows and stuff that we consumed. There was one show called Move It Mob Style from memory and it was this show about um, different Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who danced and it was like a dance tv show where they would teach you different dances based on like um the traditional dancing of the specific country and the specific tribe and I thought that was like so refreshing especially growing up that was like the only clear example of indigenous tv shows that I can really think of that are like solely based on like Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people yeah it definitely wasn't touched on that much I think nowadays It's different there's a lot of movies like we had the sapphires which was a huge hit which was like an all-indigenous cast and there's a lot of new media coming out that's like very focused on an all-indigenous cast but for sure not while we were growing up no I'm not sure is that the same in America in terms of like a lot of media with indigenous People or not
0: really? I would say there's not anything that's particularly focused towards it. I was curious about Indigenous representation in media in Australia, because a lot of people would tell me that in fact, there's a lot of racism towards, in particular, the Indigenous communities.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, one big debate that we have at the moment is about Australia Day, which... Um, our national day of celebration on january the 26th which is the day when um australia was invaded by the british and marked the beginning of genocide and colonization um i think it's really interesting that people say that like america is a lot more polarized and racist than like australia or britain because as an australian i'm actually inclined to disagree i think perhaps it's not as blatantly obvious, but I think that's because we're not having those conversations like you guys are in the States. Um, Also, I think because the Indigenous population predominantly are in, like, the Northern Territory, a lot of our population, Indigenous population, is still centred, obviously, in their, like, respective country um, and in the Northern Territory. So I know me personally, I don't have any Indigenous um in any friends of Indigenous heritage or at my high school we had we had three Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids so they're still it's not it's still definitely a minority group in Australia but I definitely don't think there's less racism in Australia I think it's just more swept under the rug for sure yeah 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 when black lives matter happened it was interesting because you had a lot of australian influences post the black square etc and talk about black lives matter but they failed to recognize that this is an issue that's like tangible in australia because um indigenous australians aboriginal torture people are black Mm -hmm. and even though we were focusing on this um on this movement and these topics that are more American, it's directly transferable to Australia's treatment of Indigenous Australians. And yet that was like a disconnect that was clearly apparent when we had Black Lives Matter protests um, that was centered around Indigenous Australians and changing the date and looking at um, overrepresentation and incarceration, different issues that affect Indigenous Australians and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. But yeah, for sure, it was like a same issue, same text, different font type situation.
0: Yeah. So I know you spoke about influencer behavior and interaction to social justice issues. So how do you find that influencers differ when they're Australia-based versus US-based? Or do you find them to be really similar.
2: I think it's important to note that a lot of Australian influencers don't have as much reach as Mm. American influencers and probably don't have the same platform but with that I think there comes a lack of social pressure to speak on different issues so obviously this is all my personal opinion but I do think objectively I can say that a lot of Australian influencers don't speak on different issues and when they do it's a lot of virtue signaling and
0: performative activism who would you say is the most famous australian influencer
2: oh, oh my gosh it's such an interesting question because i think a lot of australian influencers move to la mm. and like-
1: i was just about to ask that like what are your opinions on people from australia trying to make it in la or the us
2: i mean yeah i can understand that for sure because the reach in australia is nowhere near as big as like in America. With that comes a a lack of, (laughs) it seems stupid to say a lack of Australian representation, but yeah, there's definitely a lack of like clear Australian influences that aren't kind of between the two countries. We have a lot of Australian influences, like a lot of health and wellness type influences. Mm -hmm. Um, So like our Shani Grimmins, Chloe Zepp, like Mm -hmm. that's what I'd consider Australian influences to consist of, like Sarah's Day. um, Yeah. It was Sarah's of- day. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a lot of opinions on Sarah's day. That's a whole other episode that I mm-hmm, could do. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you feel about people like Harry Jowsey representing Australia? Like I see him as like what Catherine calls LA transplant. Like they're from somewhere and use that as their kind of figurehead in LA to kind of get ahead. But then they adopt the complete LA culture. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, for sure. No one looks at um, Harry and thinks, "Oh wow, he's a true Aussie." Like, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's no correlation. Also, on the topic of celebrities, what's his name from the Kissing Booth?
0: Oh, Jacob Velorty.
2: Jacob Velorty, Yeah, so he's an Australian. He actually grew up maybe like uh, within twenty-five kilometers of me. He went to a notorious private school called St Kevin's, which is a notorious boys' private school that I've gotten. They've gotten into a bit of controversy in the past and have quite a reputation. So it's very interesting to see Jacob, who's a St. Kev's boy.
0: Um, mm, date around out. with Zendaya and Kaya.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so funny because we make the running joke like um, Zendaya's dating a St. Kev's boy, which is it's just hilarious. Like the celebrity hotspot is Byron Bay mm-hmm. in terms of them buying holiday houses and kind of moving out there. Um which is for sure it's like a it's an epicenter of like the beach culture and like the the hippie lifestyle you could say um it was also the epicenter of uh coronavirus and like anti-vaxxers come from there and like it's, it's a very specific type of culture which i think maybe a lot of uh celebrities and influencers are attracted to that kind of lifestyle like that carefree
0: So I always thought about how when I traveled to other countries, I was surprised how much they covered American media. But in terms of pop culture, I always wonder why people prescribe to American pop culture in particular. So I was looking at this U.S. news article called Best Countries for Cultural Influence. And so they did a 2020 ranking. They formed a partnership with a research group, Bav Group, and then a global marketing communications company, BMLY and R. And then they surveyed 20,000 people based on um, cultural significance in terms of entertainment, fashion, happiness, influential culture, and being modern, prestigious, and trendy, and the cultural influence rankings in terms of country. Number one was Italy. Number two was France, then Spain, and then the U.S., then the U.K., Japan, Brazil, and then Australia. So I just thought that was kind of interesting because I guess I would have assumed – I mean, this is just my American-centric mindset, but I would have assumed that the U.S. would be first. But I guess, why do you think people prescribe to American pop culture?
2: I think, and I don't want this to come across as like offensive or anything.
0: No, no, I think since you're known for hot (laughs) takes, I want to hear it.
2: (laughs) You mentioned that a lot of European countries are kind of up there in terms of, I think maybe that has to do with a lot more of highbrow pop culture. Like Mm. that's where that influence comes from. Whereas I think America is very much the lowbrow pop culture <laughs> which is not a bad thing at all but that's just kind of I think what's been established as like a more relatable type of pop culture yeah. and a more uh, as opposed to like a more like sophistication out of reach yeah. type of a very accessible also the fact that there is like it is a diverse country I think that makes the culture that pop culture easily transferable because it feels like it can apply to any kind of western society that is also cultured. I took this
1: class in college that was America through French eyes and it was all about globalization and American culture and how it was adapted and portrayed in France and then kind of like vice versa and how it was tied with globalization and it was really interesting because then a lot of racial roles that were propagated in the United States were actually then translated to different cultural dynamics in france but also i think one reason why if you see is like eastern culture and then western culture if you think about hollywood the majority of money is being like shoveled there and everyone thinks like that's the place to be if you want to be in a movie or tv or something like even when we're talking about influencers most of them moving to la and then i think about in india for example like there are so many reinterpretations of American films and TV and Bollywood so it's like the original American story or whatever doesn't exist anymore and they make their own adaptations which I always think is really interesting because I don't think it's that they're not resistant to American culture but it's more so that they kind of find their own form because I do think American culture still has like such a bold thread through so many different countries. Like if you think we're tying it back to fashion, for example, jeans, for example, is an American phenomenon. And you see jeans literally everywhere. Like everyone has their own adaptations. Like it's literally all over the world. I would think that's really interesting. Or like branded clothing. That was something that became popular in America. And I feel like even when I've gone to india even in the most rural areas that somehow like trickle down into their own style but it comes back to like that branded clothing in the united states
0: since your your podcast is about hot takes and having hot takes on pop culture kind of like what is your hot take on all of this and just american versus australian culture
2: i know you said that a lot of your friends preferred Australian versions of different TV shows. In my personal opinion, I find that a lot of Australian media, especially reality TV, a lot of Australian media seems like a very recycled version of American media. So for example, take a reality TV shows such as The Bachelor. Um, that was something that obviously, I think it began in America, yeah. And then that was something that was um, taken from america and it was sort of adapted into like a more australian format sort of a more australian themed show but it still felt like an off-brand version of The American Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like I'd always tell my friends, oh no, you got to watch The American One. It's so much better. And I'm not sure why that is, but it was just a clear knockoff. It didn't feel very authentic. It felt like it was kind of just taking something that already existed and just replicating it.
1: The first time I thought about this was because they brought Love Island, the whole concept and show to the United States and Catherine refuses to watch it. But oh, i the
2: one's so bad. I'm sorry. It's, it's like yeah. it's, <laughs>
1: it's so bad that I enjoy it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I pre- I prefer to watch only the UK one. <laughs> that's that's what uh, I think is interesting. On that is that
1: because it's not American? I feel like a lot yeah. of them give it more weight in yeah its value, which I don't think is true at all. So I think the comparison is really really interesting. And so mm-hmm. then to see people think like oh that's so funny or not really understand the weight of it it's kind of bizarre to say because even though we're all speaking the English language there's just so many different uh, nuances to it
2: I just think it's funny there's no no American slang that we don't know but then from like Australia and Britain there's like slang
0: that so one question we like to ask all of our guests is what is your favorite statement piece?
2: I'm really into like baggy jeans and like baggy clothes at the moment. You know how they say like small, big, 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 like in terms of like different clothing. I'm very into the big, big look and like oversized t-shirts and graphic tees.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You. That was
2: so nice. Thank you for having me.
1: I think this is an interesting conversation we had about the differences between America and Australia culturally, especially due to recent current events in regards to the Capitol. I think our pop culture really reflects what's happening in our country. You've seen a lot of TV shows kind of take reflection on President Trump's presidency and his use of social media platforms. I feel like that's become the butt of a lot of jokes in the past couple of years. And it should be interesting to see as we turn over to the next administration if that's going to change and if politics are still going to be the primary topic of conversation, which I feel like it has become recently.
0: For sure. And it was cool to have another podcast host on our podcast. Make sure to follow Culture Critics Podcast because we will also have an episode coming up soon
1: where you can hear more about gender fluidity and dynamics.
0: Yes. Okay. Until next time.